I'm David Wall, senior editor at Valiant, and you're listening to Spoiler Country. Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us or leave us a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. They're making a, Superman, a new Superman movie. Yeah, they are. Right? I, think, I, heard, I heard they're working on one, yeah. Yeah, and I heard the. Uh, I don't want to butcher the lady's name that's going to direct it. Or is it a lady? I have no idea. But maybe she's I writing too much it. Into it. Something Coates? I don't know. Oh, you don't know? Oh, oh. Uh, uh, Starts with a T. Ta- yeah, Ta-Nehisi Coates. Yeah. I heard that, that she's uh, very much involved in the movie. Yeah, which is good. Good, yeah, it's, it's being produced by J.J. Abrams, apparently, too. Are they going to do the black Superman? That's what I've heard. And I, if they do, I hope they go with, uh, I hope they go with, if they go with a black Clark Kent, that's fine. I don't care. Can they do but that? I hope they, can they do that? Yeah, they can do that. They can do it, I hope, but I mean, I don't want to say should they do that because it doesn't matter. But if they do it, are we going to see like a huge backlash and people are going to be like on Twitter? Yes. Like the Twitterverse yes. is going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> the Twitterverse will explode if they do a Black Clark Kent, but let them. I don't care. But I would love to see them do one of the because there are established Supermen in alternate universes who are black, and it'd be fun for them to travel to do that to take some establishment that's already there and, and tap into that lore and show us a different kind of Superman. Not just in the fact that he's not white, but that he's from a different you know not only a different world like Krypton, but a different Earth. And and one one of them is you know he, he's he's president of the United States as being Superman. You know there's a lot of cool stuff there, but if they want to go the route of just making him Clark Kent, a black, you know, a black Clark Kent, I mean, I don't care. Do that too. It makes me sad that this is an issue. It does too. It makes me sad that it, we, we actually care about whether, you know, somebody who plays a character is, you know, white or black. Let, let, let them, unless yeah, the characters, unless the character is derived from their culture of what they are, anybody can do it. Yeah. But Superman's an alien. So he could literally be anything. Exactly. <laughs> It's like, I don't know. But you know, you know what's cooler than Superman? (laughs) (laughs) Nobody, nothing, but. Welcome back to Spoiler (laughs) Country. (laughs) I'm Kenner Gregan. That right there is the laughing Mr. Horsley. And today (laughs) on the show, well, it's David Wool, isn't it? It is, man, and you chatted with him, and because you like to talk, to, you like to talk to people sometimes. And uh, <laughs> David's a cool guy, man. He's he's I co-creator know. of Witchblade. Did he mm-hmm. also did, did he also co-create Darkness? Yep, he was on the team with Darkness. I can't. Nice. I'll be I'll be honest. I don't remember if he he was in a, he was a part of the team on Darkness. You know, they had there was a lot going on over there at Top Cow. 
Oh, yeah. And, yeah, David was an integral part of that whole thing. It's yeah, kind of crazy that the legacy that that company left. Yeah. I thought they were owned by Wizard forever. <laughs> he goes, nope. that happened a lot. He told me, he, you know, that's one of the things we talked about because that happened a lot because they had so many uh, one-offs with Wizard. Yeah. Yeah, you so know. I mean, the, uh, the Wizard one, Wizard one halves, yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly thought they were, you know, they, were you, a, were you a, 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 the Darkness fan and Witchblade fan? Um, I liked Darkness. I liked Witchblade. I, I watched the TV show a little bit of Witchblade when it came out. Um, yeah. I didn't have, I don't really, I wasn't watching a lot of TV when they came out, but I watched a little bit of it on reruns. I did I always like the characters, but I never dove into them full board. I did like the Darkness video game that came out. That was a badass game. Oh, dude, yeah, I played that a lot. <laughs> that game was awesome. Yeah, that was a <laughs> that was an awesome game. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, it's it's kind of funny because I, I I really liked the Darkness when it came out. I, I was much more of a Darkness fan than a Witchblade fan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when I, I remember when. When Jeff booked David and I was reading up on him and, you know, going through and, and going, oh, my God, duh, darkness and, and Witchblade and everything and how cool they were. And I remember thinking to myself when I was thinking, I said, man, these probably weren't books that Johnny really liked. Not because he <laughs> didn't like them as, you know, like it wasn't your realm of what you were reading. Does that make sense? No, I, it makes sense. I was aware of them. I did read them a little bit, but I never yeah. dove into them because it wasn't. It wasn't my. I, I was more into superhero books at the time. I was more into Batman Superman yeah. at the time. You know. Yeah, that was like when I think Fathom had came out around then. Yep. Yep. And those were good. And then Michael Turner came out of Top Cow. Yep. Yep. And the Top Cow also was the company that published J. Michael Straczynski's Rising Stars and Midnight Nation as well, which, yep. is, which are two great books. Yep. But. David's over at Valiant now, uh, senior he editor is. of Valiant. And senior, Valiant is, one of the senior editors of Valiant of the, uh, there's like four or three, him and Heather Antos, mm-hmm. and I think they called them the two Heathers. Nice. And um, yeah, they kind of do the editing by committee. Uh, he does certain books. They do certain books. And yeah, it's, I'm excited because Valiant, do the Valiant product line, but this, you know, is is unique. Yeah. And it's a shared universe. And it's kind of cool because Image doesn't do a shared universe. They could if they yeah. wanted to, but they don't. Well, it's all, Image does all creator own stuff. Exactly. You know, it's They're all, all yeah. yeah, exactly. Like Todd McFarlane has a, a, a pretty big universe in Spawn. Mm-hmm. Right? There's Even though he doesn't really universe do and... tons of different books though, right? Not anymore. No, now it's just pretty much Spawn. But there was, for a while, there was Curse of Spawn, Medieval Spawn, a bunch of different Spawns titles. Same yeah, but Twitch. they're all around Spawn. They weren't, yeah, you know, wasn't a shared yeah. universe like DC, right? Right. But Top Cow or Top Cow Valiant, Valiant does have that with Harbinger and Exo Manowar and and Ninja uh, K or Ninjack. Yeah, yeah Ninjack and Rise. Well, it's, it's Ninja K now. They changed it. So, like, I don't know if you know this, but in in the in the new universe, so it was Ninjack in the you know the old nineties uh, Valiants. Yeah. But now it's Ninja K, like Ninja Dash K, where he's like it's like version K of I'll, Ninja. I'll always just say Ninjack. Yeah, me too. It's me like too. Boba Bloodshot Fett. too. Right? Not Boba. Dude, everybody, it's Boba Fett. I'm like, I'm sorry. I watched Star Wars when I was four, and I couldn't say <laughs> Boba Fett. It came out Bubba Fett. And so I always <laughs> right. said Bubba Fett. It'll be Bubba Fett to the day I die. Exactly. Come at me, bro. Come at me. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Oh, just, man. Just because you were old when you saw Star Wars for the first time, get out of here. <laughs> you old man. <laughs> well, that's enough ranting. Should we just get into this or what? Let's, yeah, let's do it, man. All right. <laughs> Here's David Wolf. Don't worry. All right, guys, welcome back. And today on the show, super exciting because, well, he started over at you. He's been at Marvel. He was integral part of Top Cow. Brought some very iconic characters in the '90s of the Darkness and Witchblade. And now you find yourself being a senior editor over there at Valiant, which is an amazing company. David Wall, thank you know, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, man, you. Uh, Man, I'm 46, so my comic book reading career is about the same as as your coming on board. How is everything going, man? You've had a you've had an amazing you've had an amazing run. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, you know uh, it's been really fun. I feel lucky because you know I don't know if you're asking me for my history, but like <laughs> I didn't really know what I was going to do with my life, yeah. and then I ended up becoming a high school intern at Marvel. So it seemed like fate had it for me to to work in comics for for most of my life. That's <laughs> and, amazing, um, though. And I wasn't actually a comic fan when I was a kid. I mean, I liked a little bit of right. stuff, but but so I just kind of found myself there, and and I I kind of never looked back. You know, it's, How- it's been a great experience. How did you get an internship at Marvel while you're still in high school? Did you just Apply? Oh, well, I grew up in New York, and, and the high school that I went to, a school called Hunter College High School, that also had some other big comic people, like Kyle Baker went there like a year before me. And so our school, like by the time you're a senior, hope I'm not boring, but uh, no, by no, the time no. you're a senior, you, you kind of finished all your requirements. So they they kind of force you to, to get out into the world and, and do something, you know, real. So at that point in my life, there's, a, there's kind of two things that to me are funny. I was an assistant manager at Baskin Robbins, like when I was like 16. <laughs> and, and so the first thing I wanted to do, I tried to get them to let me work at Baskin Robbins for my ICY project. Right. Because I'm like, yeah, I'll learn, you know, business. And, and they said no. Luckily, they said no. And then I thought I wanted to be like, like an entertainment lawyer. I'm not sure why. I think when I was 16, I, I, I dreamed of being an entertainment lawyer for Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I wanted to take jobs that were kind of related to that. And they offered me three, or there were three opportunities. One of them was the Village Voice, which was like a free New York paper. And then there was this, this other free paper in New York that I don't remember the name of, but it was something comparable to the Village Voice, but smaller. And the third one was Marvel. And I had friends of mine, actually my friend, I had a friend named Mark Siri who got me interested in comics in the first place. And, and he and some other friends, Michael, he, like went there. So I kind of just followed them. Like it seemed like it would be fun and we could just hang out there. And then the job, the internship there was basically just like making copies, you know, Back then we had actual letters, you know, yeah. like snail mail. So we'd have to sort letter letters into letter columns. Back then it was it was mostly just letters to the X Men. It was letters to Chris Claremont, you yeah. know, and and yes, and and they were great. I mean, one of the coolest things back then was like you know them all coming up because everyone was basically living in New York back then, pretty yeah. much. So like they'd always be in the office and like hanging out, you know, meeting with the editors. That's cool. Um, and a lot of them would come over, like Chris especially would come over to the. To, uh, to where we were and like look at read the letters you know to his comics and stuff it was so cool i remember meeting walt simonson there and you know just like 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 all the bill sinkevich like all the the great people you know would all come there and, and it was just a fun place to meet people and then 
apparently I was liked well enough that they kind of kept me on. I became an assistant editor. <laughs> I worked on like Transformers and stuff. And then I went away to school. So cool for a year. I went to SUNY Albany. Like I was going to college in New York and then decided I wanted to try going away. So I went away and came back. Yeah. And then basically I would just keep going away and coming back. Mark Grunewald um, hired me to work to be an editorial assistant on Marvel Universe. And that was really the first major project that I worked on. And, uh, and we would like stay up all night working on it. We did like everything for it. I learned like how to do production and things. And then, and then I moved away again because I wanted to see what living in California was like. So I moved out to California and then I came back for a third time to Marvel. Bob Budiansky hired me to work on like in like special projects. So I worked on like the Jim Lee X Men trading cards. Yeah, and um, and the, another another set of X Men trading cards where I got to meet Mark Silvestri. And then also would, we would drive to conventions and like do all these different things. It was just so much fun. Like I loved working there so much, you know. Yeah. And and that, that third stint there, I became like an associate editor, so I got to work on more eclectic stuff. For some reason, I got a really eclectic line of books. I worked on GI Joe. Oh, Hellraiser, nice. like it was Hellraiser right at the end of Hellraiser at Marvel, and then like these heavy hitter epic books that we were doing. So I worked on a lot of I worked on a lot of fun stuff. I got to meet Clive Barker and got to know him, you know, because I worked on Hellraiser and that was nice. really cool. And and then you know that year, Mark Silvestri basically offered me a job to to go work for him at Top Cow because yeah. uh, another guy, Mike Mike Heisler, was a letterer for him and and he used to work at Marvel with me. We used to play softball together. Was that ninety three? So he recommended. Yes, and he recommended me to Mark. So for the third time, I left Marvel and, and went to work at Top Cow and then uh, stayed there for like 11 years. What Top Cow was, I don't know, for people who don't know, because it's, it's, it's been a long time, right? And But Top Cow was yeah. a really important company because, man, they were kind of like the counterculture to your DCs and your Marvel. <laughs> I don't know how else to put it. Even, even compared to Image, they were more of a counterculture than that. Well, I mean, I think Image as a whole, but I, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because like when we when when I first started at Top Cow, we were part of Jim. Like we we shared a studio with Jim Lee, uh, yeah. Homage Studios in San Diego, and and we were like small. It was like Mark and I, and and Mark's fiance Cynthia, and like that assistant Robin, and that was like the four of us. Yeah, and then. A lot of the, like Mark and Jim worked with the same people, you know, Scott Williams and Joe Chido were like, you know, the inker and colorists for both. Like, and it was such a like, great talent. And then Jim, you know, was like, was pioneering this whole new coloring way of working, you know, like, cause we, we were working with like Ali Optics, Steve Olaf's coloring company. And then Jim was really pioneering the, you know, doing the work right there in Photoshop you know, and like making it like when we did it at Marvel, like just a couple of years earlier, or even, even that same year, like our guys would do like these color guides, you know, and then we'd send it to this company that, that would make these color separations and like all these different things. And, and we were sort of bypassing all that, you know, and like, just like, like kind of setting a whole new trend of coloring and yeah. a whole more like, I think that's really one of the main things that set image apart, you know, cause if you think that image was basically, they were all working on Marvel, you know, right prior to that. And, and then they started image, but the coloring was just so much more complex than yeah. anything Marvel was doing. And I think it, that's, that's what really set it apart. You know, well, you get, like the, the paper, the books, the quality was better and the color was better. You guys worked really closely with wizard as well, right? Yes. Yeah. Like we, we would visit, actually, that's funny, you know, cause Fred Pierce is my boss now and he, and he was, you know, at that, the at wizard, you know, the head of wizard basically too, he ran yeah. it. So that's really where we got to know him. Yeah. Like we were always like, you know, trying to lobby for different things at wizard and trying oh, dude, to get coverage. And when, when Top Cow <laughs> came out, 
the way you guys marketed, it almost felt like Wizard owned you guys. Like that that was a subset of Wizard and you got you guys were putting books out under you know, under the top cow name, but was Well yeah, Wizard did that first issue of Witchblade. They had that yeah. special Wizard Ace edition that still I think is the most like valuable Witchblade comic that exists. <laughs> I think I have it. And it was a great cover, <laughs> one of my favorite covers to sign. Well, that acetate cover that they put on it was so cool. Well let's Let's actually go into that a little bit because if I don't ask you about Witchblade in the Darkness, people are going to string me up. Where okay. do those come from? They're wildly still popular, man. And 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 the art, like you said, the coloring, the the lettering, the story, it all came together so well. What is it like when you think back about that? Those characters and how how well they they were received. Oh my God! It's it's so. You know, I never knew what to expect, you know, like when, like when I first started at Top Cow, you know, like I said, we were really small, right? Yeah. And we had one book, Cyberforce. And so like, I had a lot of time on my hands and cause you know, we weren't even doing a monthly book really. So Mark, Mark, you know, had a ton of amazing ideas and, and we would just kind of sit like by his pool, you know, and, and like just come up with ideas. Yeah. Like, he went, I remember the darkness, the idea for the darkness came before the witchblade and, and it came from Mark, you know, and, and so we were just like, like just spitball these ideas, you know, and, and develop them. The darkness is really interesting to me because the idea that, that, that he and I like came up with first was totally different than what ended up coming out. I mean, the, <laughs> like a guy who could only like create these incredible things in the dark was the idea that we had. But my version was like a lot more Tim Burton-y, you right. know, I'm not sure what Tim Burton movie was back around then. I don't know. Edward Scissorhands, sure. but it was, it was some like dark Gothic thing of this guy who's basically immortal and creates these things because he can't like befriend anybody. And then we hand, we, Garth Ennis was, was uh, doing Preacher, and, uh, and actually I think it was Brandon Peterson in our studio who recommended Garth for it. Like, so basically that, that idea was percolating. Like we were, I was in San Diego for like a year, and then we moved up to Santa Monica. And uh, so that idea was just sort of percolating. We tried to figure out what to do with it, and, and then we asked Garth to do it, and he said yes, and it was really cool. And then he basically developed it into this totally different story, you know, like the, the, the story that everyone knows is darkness, like Jackie Estacado mafia guy, you know, playboy, whatever. <laughs> oh. And, you know, I think it, it says something about like our egos, you know, because, <laughs> because we, we, we were like, wow, this is amazing. You know, yeah. it's great. Let's do it. Like I keep breathed the life into it that we never could have expected. Right. And, well, and it was just so cool, you know, to, to like, I feel like, you know, we gave him something that he was able to mold into something even cooler. Yeah. And, and that to me is like the greatness of a development process, you know, that you could, you could just kind of come up with ideas and then someone could kind of mold them into something that's really resident. Yeah, dude, he, resident, it sounds like he was resident. He was your Ditko to your Stan Lee. Yes, for that particular... Oh, uh, With like Spider-Man. <laughs> oh, uh, no, no, I know what you're saying, but I'm trying to think of who the he was. Like Mark, you mean? Or, uh, Garth. or Garth Ennis. Garth Ennis. <laughs> yeah, in that particular case, Garth Ennis was. Yeah, he totally breathed it to life. And then with the Witchblade, we, Mark basically wanted us, I think... He, he wanted us to come up with, with a woman lead book. And it was uh, Brian Haberlin. Uh, now, rewinding a little bit again, yeah. like w we hired Brian Haberlin, Brian Haberlin probably really quickly after I started, maybe like a month into it. And, and he came to our San Diego office and he kind of became our, our guru of, of, of computer coloring, you know, and, and like just like, like anything to do with that, that technology, like he was like the king of. Yeah. And, um, 
So our whole coloring department that became our top cow coloring department and all the guys that, that Brian hired that became like really big guys like Richard Isanov and Dean White. Michael Turner. And well, yeah, but that, that was like more Mark, but I'm saying on the, yeah. on the coloring side, like he basically created this incredible coloring department. That's awesome. And, and he was, he's also a very creative guy. Like to this day, you know, he's doing all his books with Shadowline that are coming out and they're great. But so, so Brian and I basically started to come up with this idea for Witchblade, like eternal, we both like uh, Michael Moorcock Elric stuff. Yeah, and, and we like the idea of the Stormbringer sentient weapon idea and an eternal champion idea. Yeah. So, so we kind of took that very basic concept and kind of thought, you know, what could a modern day version of that be? You know, and then like the Sarah Pazzini character came out of it. And then Michael Jeez. Turner was kind of, he's another guy who started in our studio pretty quickly after I started, maybe yeah. a year later. And uh, we saw his samples. Mark always talks about how like, he didn't like his samples. Like he, he didn't think he did really good work, but I had faith in him. Right. And he basically became Mark's background guy because he could draw really good backgrounds because he had this photographic memory. Oh, that's amazing. Um, and Mike was just so talented and so competitive. He just always, he just wanted to be the best in everything. And he just quickly like got better and better over such a really short amount of time. Yeah. That when we finally had Witchblade in a position where we could make it a comic book, he was like the natural artist for it because awesome. he was, he was just getting so much better so fast. And he was drawing really fast. Like he, he was doing this ballistic miniseries like prior to that. And then like, I think the same month he had to do Witchblade number one and that yeah. it was craziness. Uh, but he just, he just took on everything. And, you know, he, he came in and, and with him and Joe Benitez and Mark, they created a lot of the, the look, you know, for the Witchblade itself and for how it looked on Sarah and, Mike obviously created, you know, did all the characters and, and like created how they all looked. And then, and then exciting part for me that wasn't exciting for me at the time, but became exciting later yeah. was, was seeing how, how Michael just took off, you know, in, in popularity. Yeah. Like I admit I was, I was probably envious at the beginning <laughs> <laughs> because, um, because I kind of liked be. my work. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, and I like whenever he, when he didn't draw something exactly the way I thought it should be drawn, I was pissed off. Yeah, you know, I mean, I was I was really young writer then, and, and I'd never really had any anything that that you know like resonated like that with people. But you know, but then just like being around him, he was just a he's just a really special person, you know. Cool. And, and it was hard to be pissed off at him. <laughs> I can understand <laughs> and, what you're um, saying though, because I I'm that way. <laughs> if I do anything creatively and I have something and I give it to somebody and I, say, I need this and I want this kind of look and it's not what I'm it, what's in my head, it's hard not to get a little angsty about it. <laughs> well, right. Well, and the two things I have to say about that is number one, he was. 99% of the time right about the adjustments that he made. Yeah. And, and number two, if there was something like really specific that I wanted reference-wise, yeah. like what a New York City police station should look like, Yeah, you know, when the books came out, absolutely nobody cared about what I cared about. Right. Right. So, so like I learned really quickly that, that, you know, like I'm obsessed with, with something, you know, but, but if no one cares about it, then I don't need to care about it. <laughs> like, like, um, like I'm basically fighting for something that only I believe, yeah. you know? So, and so then it just became like this, like really cool awesome. process of us all working together. And then Christina yeah. Z came in and we were all working on the stories together. It was just very fun. It was like, it was one of those things that's kind of like, 
you know, probably won't happen again. Yeah. For me, just, just like the way that happened was just really cool. It was, and, all um, organic. And it, was just, it was, it was fun to experience it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It sounded um, like it was very, um, organic. I, was, I was such a pain in the ass though. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I was, I was, the, I was like the editor in chief and I was writing the book and you know, like I was always late. I was always like doing something else. And, and like, I would, you know, I would like yell at people and like, yeah. <laughs> I look back at those times. I mean, not too much. I don't think people would say that, you know, that I was terrible, right. but, but like, you know, like it's one of those things that I could look back and think, wow, I really could have handled that a lot of things differently back then. Well, it's, it, <laughs> I, I get you, man. I, I, I feel the same way. I've, I've, I've managed people for the last 20 years. And I remember when I was like 24, man, I'm sure I was not the easiest person to get along with. And I, I think it's because you're trying so hard not to mess up, you know, yeah. and, and to prove yourself because and when you're young, you so, you know, you don't want to make the mistakes, even though that's how you learn, you know, you still, you can say you get that, but you don't ever really get it until, until you like, until that light bulb turns on. You're like, Oh, you know what? I, I totally know what to do here because I tried this before and this is what happened. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I did learn a lot like moving forward into the projects that I worked on You know, and it was just a really fun time, you know, going to conventions, like all, awesome. you know, everywhere and yeah. having, having huge lines. I remember that. Uh, that's when I realized that we were really popular because like it was one of the early issues. Mike and I were invited to do this like store signing in Tampa. And mostly I remember that we went to uh, Bush Gardens and they had this roller coaster that went over alligators and I thought that was really cool. But, but there was this line like out the door of this place where we were, you know, like down the block and like around the corner. That's cool. And, you know, and it didn't bother me that it was like, you know, 95% for him. Cause by then I was, I was cool with it. You know, yeah. I just really enjoyed seeing someone else's popularity, you know, and, and we all did. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. It, it's kind of funny that you brought up editor in chief and everything because at that time Valiant was going on and was killing it. That Exo Manowar, yeah. Turok, yeah, totally. Magnus Robot Fighter. What when back in the nineties, were you looking at Valiant going, Wow, I want to get to that level? Or were you just so focused on Witchblade, so focused on the darkness that what they were doing is a little bit different than what you were doing? No, I think we were we were always really impressed with them. I mean, yeah. you know, when I was at Marvel, I worked Jim Shooter was the editor in chief when I was there. You know, I mean it's we weren't we didn't really connect too much because I was either an intern or like an assistant editor or something. Right. But, but seeing that he went to Valiant and, and the, and Bob Layton, who I was, I used to work with on Iron Man, you know, went over there and uh, I really like him. And, and they just put together like an amazing group of people, you know, and did some amazing books. We actually, the first year I was there, we worked on this Deathmate crossover with them and did this like bus tour with them. <laughs> which is fun. So, so yeah, I, mean, cool. I, I knew a lot of those guys too. And yeah, I mean, seeing what they were doing was really impressive. So, Actually, you know, it's funny, like now I, I go back and once I started at Valiant, you know, I went back and, and read a huge amount of stuff and, and looking back at that, it just, yeah, it's, it holds up a lot of it. Like, it's really cool. That's cool. So now you're a senior editor at Valiant. You yeah. started over the summer. How's it going? Is there anything you can tell us about what's coming out? And uh, it's, you know. it's going, it's going really well. You know, Valiant is, is a whole different environment yeah. to, to where I've worked before, but like in a positive way, like Valiant, like, I don't know. I, I, I remember I'm going to go back, but I'll come back to what your yeah, question yeah. is. Um, no, the, when, Dave, this um, is great. When, All everything you're going through is awesome. So please, any, oh, okay, anything, cool. any insights you want to give? I love it. <laughs> well, I just remember like at some point when cross gen was really popular, we, we used to go to conventions and, and everyone from cross gen would sort of sit together on the bus. 
with their cross-gen T-shirts, like like the bus that would go, the shuttle that would go like from the That's airport funny. hotel to the to the airport. And and I thought about like teams, you know, like being a team player and, and stuff. And they yeah. were like really a team. Like they were so a team that I didn't think I could ever be with a company that was that much of a team. <laughs> you know, and at, Mar- at Top Cow, you know, we were sort of a team, but we were definitely like our own people too. Right. Now the thing about Valiant is like, they're like, we're really a team. You know, like when, when we come up with new stories, we run them by each other. You know, like whenever you get a cover done, there's like a whole committee of people who look at it and give their notes and everyone gives their input, you know, whether it's the editorial side or, or sales and marketing or, you know, whoever it is. And, and I think it's a really cool way to run a business, you know, I, and actually, you know, I think that Fred Pierce from Wizard has a lot to do with that, you know, like, yeah, like just that mentality, like everyone really enjoys what they're doing. And, and they just enjoy the creation of comic books. And, and it shows in the books that are coming out. I mean, this is a really cool time because, you know, because of last year, you know, I basically I came into it in the middle of, you know, the COVID-19 stuff. Yeah. And, and they had to cut back on, or we, we had to cut back on our production a lot. And, and now we're finally getting to see a lot of the launches that we were planning to do way back, you know, early last year or some point last year. So the first one is uh, Savage, which is coming out right now, which is really cool. But I don't know if people are familiar with it, but it's a, it's a good story. And, and then Shadow Man is coming in April, which is really cool. And, and then, like, I get to work on, on, a, on a totally new property that I can't even talk about, but, but I'm very excited about <laughs> it. And I think people are going to be really happy with it. Everybody comes on, they always tell me that. Oh, I can't talk about this, but it's really cool. <laughs> talk about it but it sucks <laughs> <laughs> well tell us about i uh, know just 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 kidding anybody <laughs> <laughs> tell us about savage because it's b claymore and clayton henry and lewis la rosa and it looks fun oh, it looks that awesome the, that was the original one that's the original one. Oh, so yeah. this is a man the new one is is nathan stockman okay cool are you gonna get me down with the credits <laughs> might, have, it's okay. might, have, might have to edit this part hang on <laughs> That's what we do, man. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. <laughs> but it, but it's no, it's 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 basically, it's like, it's a guy who we have this thing in in Valiant called the Far Away, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of like this place where all these different times and dimensions meet and craziness happens. And in the original Savage, this this soccer player Sauvage ends up getting stuck in this place, you know, and their, their kid is born there. And the story is really about, about him like growing up there and then like fighting his way out of the far away and making it back to England. So this Savage, basically the last story, the first Savage series ends with him waking up in, in, or appearing like in Piccadilly circus. Yeah. Like, like he's just this, this like young, this boy, you know, who just appears in Piccadilly circus and that's basically the end of the first one. So now the story follows him, you know, like what's his life like now? Oh, it's Max Bemis and Nathan Stockman. Sorry yeah, yeah um, I was just going to say. But I... And, so it, and uh, so it follows him now, you know, like he's, he's this, this like social media darling who, who, who is really bored because all he wants to do is go back and fight dinosaurs, you know, in the far away. And so it's basically his story. And then, and then the creatures from the far away end up coming to London and he's got to fight them. But it, it's like a really, really fun story. It's like a fun offbeat story. Yeah. It sounds and, like um, it. And it's, it's a good read. Are you, when, um, when you're the senior editor, do you overlook 
all the books that are coming out for Valiant right now, or do you have a set that you're, you're responsible for? I have a set, like all, all three of us are the same level. So that's Lisa Hawkins and uh, Heather Antos. You know, all three of us like, like work on different stuff. Yeah. We had Heather on not too long um, ago. She was great. Yeah. 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 She's, she's a really good interview. That's the thing. Like, like I'm not over them and mm-hmm. they're not over me, but we all look at each other and give notes. You're right. You're peers. Um, so yeah. So that's really what I think what, what hold what sets us apart is mm-hmm. that, you know, like, yeah. So like, you know, we'll all read the, the stuff and be like, yeah, you know, maybe this could change or whatever. Or, and, and it's just, it's a fun process, but, but, but it's interesting just because like, I'm, I'm sort of more like working on newer projects. Yeah. So as of, so right now it's, it's more like Heather and Lisa are, are handling like all the books except one, the one book that I have that's going to come out. Nice. Um, the one you can't talk about. In the future. <laughs> yes, the one that I'm, I'm forbidden to talk about. But I still, yeah, I still read everything and and then comment on it. You know, watch it comes out. It's called forbidden to it. talk about. <laughs> I'll come back when I can talk about it. <laughs> you should, because that would be a lot of fun. Because Valiant's, I don't know, their 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 books are so much fun. And I remember go- going back when back in the day, the level of the, how, how am I saying this? the quality of the publishing of the books was so much more than everybody else at that time. You know, they really put in like, I have Valiant books from 91 that still look brand new, you know, and I read them and I, you know, and I put them just in normal cellophane and and I didn't, you know, do anything special with them, you know, like I did with my, with other ones that I own, you know, and you pull it out like Mm -hmm. my Turok number one still looks like the day I pulled it off the shelf, you know? And yeah, that's and that's that's amazing. Yeah, because yeah. usually like things fall apart. Yeah, it, it's it's really cool. And it, but some of their but the storylines that they have and the and the characters that developed and having that whole universe, it was such a great alternative than being stuck with DC or Marvel. Not that you're stuck with DC or Marvel, but having that third option right. that was a shared universe that was so much fun. And I was so glad to see them come, for lack of a better term, come back here a few years ago. And it was like, oh, yeah, me too. You know, and then the the movie with Bloodshot, yeah, Bloodshot. But what I can't remember the guy, the actor's name. All of a sudden, oh, I drew drew Vin a blank. Diesel. Huh? Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel. Ugh, thank you. Jeez, man, that that was okay. awesome. Oh, cool. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, it was. It was a lot of. I mean, I thought it was a lot of fun. I can't. I'm. Are they gonna? Do you know if they're gonna? Are you guys gonna do another one? Do you know? Well, there's there's talk about it. Then I, I think posted something like I know he wants to do another one, or at least I, I believe he wants to do another one. And we also have Harbinger that's in the works. Oh my god, that'll be amazing. Uh, which is a really good comic, and and I've gotten to see you know like the the development of that, and and it's just really cool. I think it's gonna be a good movie. When you look at your char- the characters like Exo Man or you know, how much of, how much care do you have to sit there and put in not only from the history of it coming back from the nineties, because now it's been 30 years. It's not, you know, it's Vine's not the new kid on the block anymore. It's 30 years of, of fans building up this following to when you guys come back and you're reintroducing for lack of a better term, Exo Man of War. What thought process do you think you have as you're doing this with some of these characters? Well, I mean, I really think it's a fine line, you know, I mean, obviously, like I, I worked at DC for a little while, so I yeah. got to experience the other side of that, you know, which is, you know, very much into continuity. Right. Like, because I think that 
you know, or even when I worked on Witchblade, you know, like there's fans who, who are really into the, the mythology and the lore and the continuity, you know, right. and, and I feel like, like when I'm developing a story, you know, I really want to respect the fans of the book from, you know, from previous incarnations, you know, like I, I want to always like tell a story that's new, obviously, but at the same time, you want to make sure that they know that we know like where the character has been. Right. You know, so I feel like that's important. You know, I think that when you just kind of trash like old continuity and, and like kind of ignore it, you know, mm -hmm. then the, it suffers a little bit. But, but at the same time, you don't want to be totally beholden to that old continuity because then the story will never move forward. Right. I think that I think that Heather, as an editor, did a really good job with that, with the new Exo Manowar that came out. Yeah. You know, because like they really wanted to go in a different direction than what people had seen before, yet still, you know, acknowledge, you know, what are the things that make Exo a special character? So I feel like you really need to, to put that care in, you know, when a, when a character has a history... And you know that 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 there are fans out there who really appreciate that history. You don't want to mess with that. Well, well, and having somebody like Heather on board, she has her finger on the pulse. I think more than than a lot of people do, uh, especially with her yeah, age group. Totally, and, you know, and everything else that goes with that. Because and you need that to attract. You, you need. It's nice having the old readers. That's always you. You know, you want to have your your people, but you got to. It's comic books, man. You got to keep bringing in those new people. Yes. And, and I think Heather and Lisa both like are, are really cool, you know, finding like really good creators, yeah. you know, to like, like the, I'm not sure if I could talk about what Lisa's doing too much. I don't know. Did we, uh, let me, I don't know. I probably, I don't know. I don't know what I could say, but, but they're both really good at, yeah. at like, you know, yeah. At, at finding like really good creators who could bring a whole new spin on a character that already exists. And also like are coming with their fans, you know, yeah. who, who like, like follow them, you know? So it's, it's a cool mix. Yeah. Because, nice. you know, we always want new readers. We always want new people to pick up the books and be like, wow, that character's pretty cool. You yeah. know, I'll, I'll keep following it. Do you go um, back to somebody like a Kevin Van Hook or a Don, you know, with bloodshot and, and you're bringing this character into the new, you know, into today's realm. And, but do you go back to the old creators and say, you know, how do you guys feel about this? And, you, do you have any suggestions, things like that? I have done that. Yeah. I mean, when I first got there and that was more general stuff, it wasn't yeah. for any specific ideas, but I mean, I, I talked to, I talked to Joshua Dysart, you mm -hmm. know, and who, who wasn't part of the original launch, but he was part of the relaunch in 2014. He wrote the Harbinger story and, and uh, I talked to Bob Layton and uh, I talked to Kevin Van Hook a little bit, but only like on Facebook. We, I think we just comment things to each other once right, in a while, but, right. but yeah, I mean, yeah, like, like, depend, like if I was involved in, in, in another one of those characters i would definitely reach out to them and and find out you know like what what their thinking was you know what made them special yeah well this is exciting this is really exciting man oh, do you what, do you have anything fun. that you're going to be working on yourself you have any stories in in the pipeline that you're thinking of i'm starting to obviously nothing that i could talk about yeah, right <laughs> of course <laughs> but, uh, yeah you know like i i, I kind of miss writing i mean you know after top cow i wrote for did books with aspen you know yeah. executive assistant iris and i did this other book santa ria and, and, you, um, and you worked so, on the uh, the witchblade tv series too right Yes. Yeah. Yeah. While I was still a top cow. Yeah. Yeah. We were producers on it. Yeah. That was fun. We gave notes and we go to meetings and went up to Toronto to watch them film. That's cool. Um, I got so excited was when time. I watched that, the movie kick ass and she's, she's the mom, yeah. you yeah. know, the, the mob wife. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my God, it's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was cool. 
Yeah, I remember we met her at the at, at the shooting. We also met her in San Diego, Yancy Butler. Yeah, she's yeah. really fun to hang out with. Yeah, was she nice? And those guys, yeah, she was really nice. I mean, they were all so respectful. Um, oh, that's cool. Eric Adabari, the guy who played Nottingham, was like was totally like into the character and and was would like run things by us like what he wanted to do. Anthony Sestaro was the guy who played Irons, and and he was a really he's a great guy. We used to go to lunch together, and I watched him uh, perform in a sh- in a play and and. Orange County, like years later. Yeah. Um, they're just really, they're really, really good people. That's cool, man. Well, David, when you're able to talk about some of the other stuff, please come on. I, I love talking with you. I think we could talk for hours and not be a oh, problem. Okay, cool. Yeah, I definitely will. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm not even yeah, kidding, I'm, man. I'm sorry, I, that I, I'm sorry that there's stuff I can't really talk about. No, that's okay. That's the, <laughs> I don't dude, like doing that either. That's the nature of the beast, man. That means you guys are working. That means you guys have things planned out. I, I love that. Are you kidding? Just the fact that Valiant yeah, is it's, going it's strong. I have stuff that I can't talk about. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fact that Valiant is going strong, has a plan in action, I'm super excited. And the, and the moves that they've been making by hiring Elisa, hiring a Heather, hiring you, and it's showing that they're ready for, for more growth, I'm I'm super excited. And if there's a Harbinger movie on the that could ha- possibly occur, I'll, I'm going to be one of the first people in line. So this is awesome. Uh, cool. Me too. Yeah. So, Thank you. Please, uh, do you uh, are you guys going to be doing the cons when they come back? Is that going to be something you're going to be doing, or are you going to send your I, minions I out? I hope so. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I imagine I will. Oh, um, nice. Well, because we have a really I good love, one I here in, in Seattle for the Emerald City Comic Con. Oh, I love the Emerald City Comic Con. I've been there. Yeah, oh, well, we should get together when you get here. Oh, okay. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was actually thinking about moving there for a little while. Oh, were you? Nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Did, you, did you decide against it? It's expensive here. Well, no, it, it was it was like a it was a, a job thing like a oh, couple nice. of years ago. Yeah, um, it ended up not happening. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it, it is a nice but place to raise to. kids. I actually want to move to Squim, Washington. Oh, you know, it's on the books. It's illegal to rain there because <laughs> they're they're I don't know it, they're in it, a, what's called a really rain nice shadow. Yeah, they're well, they're in what's called a rain shadow. the The mountain they're so close to the mountain that the mountain act literally blocks like 90% of the normal rainfall that the rest of the state gets. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they don't, it doesn't rain as I often. It that. rains there. Don't get me wrong. It does rain and squim, but not a lot. Yeah, now I want to live there more. <laughs> yeah. Squim's out in the middle of kind of nowhere, man. It's out there. But yeah, I know someone who lives there. So I went up and visited him when I was the last time I was there. Yeah. So yeah, definitely was out in the middle of nowhere. Great crabbing. <laughs> cool. Sorry. I thought I turned my phone off and. <laughs> Apparently not. Oh, geez. Sorry about that. That's okay. Well, we we came to the end anyways. <laughs> okay. Well, it was great talking to you. It was no, to it was you. awesome talking to you, David. I really appreciate you coming on. I really hope you come back. Seriously, anytime. And, and if maybe you can come back on and we can just shoot, we can just shoot the breeze with all the stuff that you've been doing up to this point, because your stuff on Witchblade and and what you did at Top Cow, I, I just feel like that was such a, a, a bottle, light, a bottle, you know, lightning in the bottle. And you know, we used that very expression when we were there. Yeah, and it was just—I <laughs> don't think people understand how overnight big it was. You know, mm-hmm. and the fact that it was just—and people still—I mean, they those comics are still super loved today. You know. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just always cool. To- yeah, and I'd love to, to to dial in and and maybe. Actually, you know, here's something that we do, and, and maybe I can get you to, to come on board and do this. We do what's called a DVD, a comic book commentary track. 
and we both take a comic. We take one of your comics that you wrote, and then we read through it. And then oh, as God. we go page by page, you give us a, you give us the the backlog of what you were going through, what you were doing as these came about. Wow, that that sounds scary. It's fun. Um, it's fun. We did it with the Canto. Uh, <laughs> Have you read Canto? No. Oh, okay. So Canto's out of IDW, and they and those guys. It's it's a fun book. It's kind of like an adult, not adult. It's it's a fantasy, kind of like on the vein of Wizard of Oz. I'll check it out. Yeah, it's cool. And then we did one with independent guy, Stefan Frank. He was mm. the animation supervisor for the Iron Giant and a bunch of other stuff. And he has a book called Silver. It's amazing. He came on. We did a commentary track on that. And then Frank Gogol, who did Dead End Kids, he came on and he did his. It's it's a lot of fun. If cool. you, you thought you'd be it. interested, it'd be cool. Yeah, it sounds fun. Yeah, I mean, be cool. it sounds scary, but yeah. it sounds fun also. <laughs> it's not scary. It's it's actually it ends up being pretty cool, and they, we can do different things. So, <laughs> well, as long as I get to make fun of my own writing, then it would be, uh, oh, it would be all right. Yeah, that would be even better because then I can make fun of you, <laughs> <laughs> and you can make, yeah, make fun yeah. of me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, David. Well, you have an amazing night, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, you too. And we're back. That's right. We are back. Back in the saddle again. Well, (laughs) I hope you guys really, really enjoyed that as much as we did making it for you. And if you like what you heard and you want to hear more, you got to go check out SpoilerVerse.com. Because at SpoilerVerse.com, we have a plethora. Plethora is such a, it's such a snobbish word. I like it, though. <laughs> it's, it's a good word. <laughs> we have an obscene amount of oh, interviews obscene. with amazing directors and artists of all walks of life and editors and writers and... Oh my God! Are you a lover of comic books like we are? And then there's so many. so many amazing people from the comic book world over at Spoilerverse.com, and I highly implore you to go there and check it out. Yeah, and while you're there, you can check out all the other podcasts on our network, like Bridges and Geekdoms, and Funny Book Forensics, and Haphazard Adventures, and Nerds in the Crypt, and so many more. Misery Point Radio episodes all the time. Misery Point Radio has about a ton of great stuff out there. Go check all of them out, and. Check out all of the reviews and previews and articles we have going up every single day for you. Every day on Spoilerverse.com for you to check out, to read, and to love, and to like, and to comment. We have a store link. You want to help support the site? You do it two ways. One, go to our Patreon, which is just patreon.com slash spoilercountry. Or go to our store link in the middle of the site there and get a t-shirt, a face mask, a hoodie, something. Look fly as hell and help support the site when you do that because we get a dollar or two. And, you know, maybe you want to talk to us. If you do, you can do it obviously on all the socials. But if you go to scpod.us slash discord, you can join our public discord server and come chat with us all day long. I couldn't say it better myself, dude. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You just mouthed out a ton of information at once. And really, <laughs> I hope you guys enjoy what you're hearing because we're, we're working our butts off to bring it to you. We are. We are. I guess there's only one left thing. One left thing? Yeah. I'm going to go with it. There's only one left thing left to do. What's that? In an oceans of podcasts, we are Cthulhu. As Cthulhu compels you to do, open the mind. And even more.